Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. Oh, oh Brad, that's the first clap I got. And your co-host, Brad Pauble. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to make sure to get the clap in for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. No one ever claps for me. Um, we're actually here again today with Doug Brown. You guys probably remember he is the chief learning officer over at Summit Success International. Welcome back, Doug. Thank you, Lauren. It's so good to have you, Doug. I know. I know. Um, and while this doesn't happen frequently, there may be a few people listening who did not hear you on the previous episode. So if you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do, it would be appreciated. I just don't think that's true. I think we I don't have think very faithful listeners that are on every week yeah. and listen to us. So no, I agree. But I'm sure. The way I positioned it just in case. Like just what if case. someone was on vacation in another country and they didn't have access to iTunes? I don't, I don't know. know. Excuses. That's yeah. what I'm hearing. But anyway, just in case, Doug. Let's hear the spiel again. <laughs> I, can I skip the spiel? Um, so you can do a short and abbreviated version. I'm a lawyer who pivoted to do lots of different things. And my business now is helping lawyers uh, make more money in less time, make more money without working stupid hours <laughs> so they can have time to actually have the life they thought they were going to have when they became a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Maybe even possibly have fun again. So things like spend time with their family or do things that are not work. Mm-hmm. So my background is I um, started off as a law firm associate in a big firm. I'm here in on the East Coast in Connecticut. And after about six years, I wanted to go onto the business side. I got a chance to go in-house with a company that was going from a 30 to $300 million in the space of about eight years. Um, and I went from being the company lawyer to really developing a specialty in uh, fixing businesses. So uh, whether it was marketing or technology or human resources, I kind of got a chance to do a lap and do everything. And that led me to a, a global job where I was um, running a global uh, aftermarket uh, parts business for a company we had been acquired at that point. So went through the acquisition. Uh, so that was really fun. And then I had an opportunity to go and I started teaching at the post-university uh, Malcolm Baldrige School of Business, mm-hmm. adult entrepreneurs, uh, innovation, leadership, finance, you know, I'm still on my journey to find the thing because I'm, I'm always putting myself in in those sorts of positions. And then I got recruited to run and do a turnaround, really kind of a, I call it a turnaround or call it a bar rescue at the <laughs> Connecticut State Bar Association <laughs> and great people, great organization. They just needed to tweak their marketing and, and, uh, and get some infrastructure things squared away. So I did that. And then I, uh, Got the opportunity to go in the jewelry business, helping a fourth-generation family jeweler with 21 stores in five states move to the fifth generation. Mm-hmm. Along the way, from when I started teaching, I was coaching and consulting with lawyers and entrepreneurs on things like time management and marketing. And uh, then I became chief learning officer of Summit Success at the end of uh, 2019, uh, right before the pandemic, and started doing my work with individual lawyers and entrepreneurs full-time. 2020 has been a fascinating year. That's that's one way to put it. That is one way. I was wondering what words you were going to use. Yeah, I was I like, was, it's going to be a good one. I, I was getting ready with the dump button to make sure in case you said anything. <laughs> you heard me start with an F and you were wondering, right. weren't you? Um, it's been that kind of year too. And as fascinating as the year has been, <laughs> there's been a lot of people who have been very successful business-wise this year. 
So a lot of that has to do with how you make choices about time. So that's why I'm here. I actually read an article today that there was less of an impact on the legal industry due to COVID than they expected. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can I can see that. But I totally interrupted Brad. He was going to say something. So I go was, ahead, I Mr. Pobble. I was going to ask a question about young Doug. When, <laughs> in, in the last podcast, you mentioned, I think you said young lad uh, Doug or, or something <laughs> like that. But uh, He grew up in Scotland. He grew up, yes. <laughs> yes. When no, you were first right. starting out, did you have a perception of what life was going to be like as an attorney? And how did that change once you became one? So I don't know. I, I recall expecting the norms that you get in big firms, which is you won't have a life. You will work all the time. Mm-hmm. Drink You'll lots of coffee. You'll have an extra jacket that you put in the back of your chair and you leave <laughs> your light on so that the partners will think you're still there when you're not. This is before email. That's a good trick. A, we got to uh, put that down. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh God, that works. Turn my light on. Right. This is before email became a thing. Right? So, so my perception was um, you got to pay your dues. You got to put in lots of time and then life will become better. And then once I got into it, I did that, put in lots of time and I was really lucky. I had a fantastic mentor. I wound up at a great firm who they really got um, personal professional development. They really valued family. So that life of having to have the jacket in your back of your chair, I didn't have to live that. That's awesome. What I learned is that I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. So I, the big surprise was how little lawyers knew about how to actually run a business because there were things that I knew even as a young person with a business sense and growing up in business, I'm wondering why are they not doing this? And that includes managing your time effectively. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to our topic. I was going to, no, don't take it. It's a great segue. I was going to say, he threw up the softball to you. I know. I was going to say, well, since we're talking about time mastery today, let's get straight to it. And then I was going to be like, ah, get it. No. I, I do get it. You that get was it? good. Okay. That was good. You hit it out of the park. Were you okay? Do you want to do it? No. <laughs> he said, "Do you want to? Do you want to see if you can do better, Brad?" No, I I believe in you. Okay, thanks. So since we're talking <laughs> about time mastery today, let's get right to the point. <laughs> no, but you know when we talked about this before, Doug, you mentioned time mastery. So I think we all think time management, but. What is the difference and why are you really all about the time mastery? It, it sounds a little scary, to be honest, because managing time is hard enough, but actually being a master of it, what does that mean? Well, it's a, it's a mindset shift. And let's, let's start by calling out time management for what it is, mm-hmm. which is a myth. You can't actually manage time. Time continues relentlessly, regardless of what you do. So you can't make it speed up. You can't make it slow down. You can't get more of it. You can't make it go faster. So the idea that we're trying to manage time kind of falls right into this lawyer's myth that you can control the whole world around you. Mm -hmm. So if you can't manage time, what can you do? Well, you can manage the choices you make about time and how you use it, but we can't beat the clock. So when I talk about mastery, It's different than management because it's about our attitude. It's about the perspective and the choices we make. Mastery can be intimidating, like you said, but if you look at mastery is is there's a path to mastery. You don't actually, very rare to actually achieve it. I mean, if you're perhaps um, in golf, if you're Tiger Woods, you could say you've mastered it. But I think if you ask him if he's (laughs) mastered golf, the answer would be, well, not yet. Right. Right. So it's a path that you go on. And if you're pursuing always getting better, 
at making the choices, the right choices about time and how you use your time and your perspectives about it and recognize that it's this kind of never ending journey, um, that mindset really helps you. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because time management, it's like, okay, I have tro- I have a problem managing my time because I either have so much on my plate or maybe my processes are, are inefficient and I just can't physically get stuff done in a timely manner. But time mastering, when you put it that way, it's almost a little easier because it's, it's more of that mindset. But I assume on the flip side, there's probably still obstacles to getting to that mindset and changing that mindset. So, you know, I think obstacles to time management. I just have too much on my plate. Maybe I can have someone else help me with that. Maybe we hire an intern and they help with that. Maybe we hire a paralegal. They take some off my plate. But how do you actually go about changing your mindset? I mean, there's probably so many obstacles that come with that because it's your mindset for like, you know what I mean? For lack of better words, that's a pretty, yeah. Well, my mindset literally is the way your mind is set. You know, Brad, you asked, you talked about how, you know, perceptions were as a young lawyer. Mm-hmm. And we're, tre- we're trained in our culture. It's indoctrination that time is money. It is everything in the law. You have to track it. It's billable hours. It's hourly rates. It's, it's this precious commodity. And you've got to do as much as possible, but not too quick because you bill by the hour, right? Mm-hmm. When I was in law school, Nobody gave you a time management class. <laughs> when I was CLEs, it's like, well, if you had to go to time management, you were obviously not good at managing your time. So you couldn't do that. So there's even a stigma around asking for help. So what happens is, is as a lawyer, you start to race through time and you try to go as fast as possible. And and it races by like, you know, when you're driving down the highway, you go fast and, and the power poles start to disappear right. because you're going so fast. <laughs> Um, and that causes massive increase of stress. So then you try to work harder and faster, which causes more stress. Um, and it impacts our physical, mental, and emotional health. It also impacts our performance because, you know, here's the ethics portion of our program. Under the rules of professional conduct, we have a duty of competence. We have a duty of diligence, mm-hmm. of communication, of managing. And if you're not managing your time well, you can't do any of those things. So the the idea that you have to manage your time and the mindset is if I know that there's only so much I can get done in a day, then I have to make better choices about that because I know I have to do it at a certain level of competence. I have to make time to communicate. The Probably the biggest mindset shift is something that I see many lawyers struggle with because at, at our hearts, we're service professionals. We want to help people. Mm-hmm. And so when you get into trouble on this, it's because your default answer when somebody asks you something is yes. What if the default answer was no? Mm. People do not, not have an easy time saying no. Not not no in a negative way, but the the the, the mic drop moment in this segment, yeah. in this part of the program is that when you say yes to everyone else, you're actually saying no to yourself. I was just going to say that. You say yes to everybody except for yourself. So we, we have to become more mindful and intentional about what we say yes to and how we say yes. Because the things that you talked about, um, getting more help and delegating and, and, and getting leverage and all those things are absolutely essential. But we have to kind of change our relationship with how we're thinking about time. And rather than a race against the clock, is making good choices about the kind of things that you do. 
And that's really hard when you have in your whole life, you've taken on more things than maybe you should. Mm -hmm. And when I work individually, my individual coaching with lawyers and they have this problem, I have them do something called my little time task estimate. Because the other problem we have with smart person syndrome (laughs) is we massively overestimate our ability to get things done quickly or how long they take. So we'll put 10 things on the calendar, be happy to get one or two done and think we failed Uh when that was probably all we should have put on the calendar to begin with. Yeah, I like that because I'm I'm big about to-do lists and I write down every single thing I have to do because I don't want to forget. And then you finally get around to like crossing one off and it took forever. And then you're just like, man, it feels good to get that done. But my Stressed God, I have, have 15 more things I have to do and then it. more add on to the list. I know. I'm sorry. I'm recording a podcast. I can't do it right now. No. Go write your to-do list over there and listen to the guest. What if I just well, delete stuff off the to-do list? Then we're good to go, right? No. And, and nobody wants to be negative. Nobody wants to be the person that says, you know, talk to the hand. I have to say no. Yeah. Um, and and there's a way to do that too. But that's another that's another conversation. Yeah. A whole another podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about that one. Yeah. But yeah. no, we can only we're like we're human beings. We can only do so much before, you know, when we tie it back to that first session that we had you on before you just are overwhelmed and burnt out. And you know, your your team is gonna be a lot more productive if they're not overwhelmed and burnt out. So it it really sounds like your biggest obstacle is yourself. The biggest obstacle that that we have as humans really is is kind of the the voices in our head that tell ourselves we're not enough, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not fast enough. Um and that's just head trash. And and we are, you know, wickedly unkind to ourselves. We we say things to ourselves about ourselves that we wouldn't even imagine saying to anybody else. And and so we get in our own way. Now, there are plenty of strategies that are not very complicated that can really be transformative with time and how to, on, on the path to mastery, there's techniques you have to learn mm-hmm. and there's, there's, there's absolutely a place to start. So this isn't just like, I'm going to magically change my mindset and I'll suddenly be great at managing my time. You have to <laughs> learn to deal with distractions and saying no and, and all those things, but it's a journey. And the problem when I talked about smart person syndrome is we don't like simple things. We want everything to be complicated. We want there to be a magic pill. We want to go quickly. And we tend to dismiss simple things that are really effective, like making blocks on your calendar that are appointments for your stuff. Mm-hmm. Or actually blocking out your lunch hour. Or your time for exercise uh-huh. or your time to go home. You know, back in the day, the, one of my favorite comedians was George Carlin, and he does a little thing mm-hmm. about a place for your stuff. Mm-hmm. When I look at my clients' calendars, I'm like, where's your stuff? <laughs> you've got everything else on there. You've got court appointments. You've got, but where's your stuff? Oh, well, I just fit it in between. I'm like, well, no, stop. It's like the old story about the, the rocks in the jar, right? The, the big rocks have to go in first or there's no room. The idea of blocking time on your calendar is creating a specific block to do something and putting in what it is, but it's also putting that block in the time of day when you're at your best. So I'm a morning person. Mm -hmm. So my best time is from like 6 to 11 or 11.30. So I get up early and I use that time. But I used to start with wandering around the office, checking email, doing my planning. And I'd I'd burn up my best time of the day 
on stuff that didn't matter. Yeah. Time blocks is one of the things that we start people with. And there may not be a straight answer for this, but you have that that time block. You know, you've learned, you, you've mastered your time, and now you have extra time in the day. Is that something that you're supposed to spend on you things, on, on family things? Is it something that you put towards work to be more productive? Is there a right answer? Or do you do what makes you happy? Well, there's a right answer for each person. Yeah. And, and part of, you know, the whole, the whole process is really helping somebody create a vision of, and I'm I'm doing this right now at this, this is the end of the year that we're recording this. So it's the natural time Mm -hmm. to to do this for the next year, but you can do it anytime is what do you want to create for yourself next year? How long do you want to work? Like what period of time during the day? How many days? What kind of clients do you want? How much time do you want to have with family? Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of resistance because, well, I don't know how to accomplish that. Like, no, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about what you want to accomplish. Yeah. So I'm working with a very high achieving attorney who um, also is someone who has management responsibilities at their firm. So we talked about, well, what if you hired someone to do that management stuff? You could still oversee it. And then what would you do with that time? I said, I spend time with my kids. I would get home at a reasonable hour. I wouldn't work on Saturdays. That's priceless. Mm-hmm. Other people might say, you know, I'd want to get more done or I'd want to, yeah. you know, go on a vacation. It, it's whatever. That, that's the thing that people don't get about being a lawyer. You have the power and the ability to create any kind of life that you want, but you haven't, most people have not been allowed themselves to go through the exercise of deciding what they want. So they're trying to manage time so they can build more time. That's not very motivating. Mm-hmm. If they need to build more time so they can accumulate more money so they can then use it for something in their life, then all of a sudden you've got a pretty strong purpose. Because mm-hmm. when you have a strong purpose, then you have the energy you need to do to do your work. You take the right actions, you trust yourself, and it happens. Yeah. And even if that is your goal to bring in more money or more clients, it's not necessarily working longer hours and more days. It's finding those efficiencies or maybe it's hiring somebody that's going to help you give more. To, you know what I mean? So it's not just working harder and working longer. There, there's other options out there. But I like your point. I do think it's the perfect time of the year to talk about this. We all talk about New Year's resolutions. And usually after two weeks, they all go by the wayside. But I, January, I like the way, January 20th. I know. Yep, they all- <laughs> oh, you make it that far? <laughs> oh. no, that's when most people stop going to the gym. Ah, good to know. <laughs> Back when you were allowed to go to the gym. I would say I stopped in March. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you pick January 20th? Was, is that really the date? I'm just, <laughs> right. I'm, in, in, in my little, no, I, it has nothing to do that's with an election year. That's when he stops going okay. to the gym. Um, no, yeah. No, it, in, my, in my mastermind circles, we talk about, you know, when do people find that they're struggling most? And it's towards the end of January when they have okay. a lot of energy around doing something different. They get to the end of January and old habits come back and, and you lose, if you didn't make enough progress, you lose the, the focus. The on momentum. Yeah. Well, speaking about losing the focus, you know, I find myself, you know, I try to set it up so, you know, I can leave at five, I can leave at six. Brad never leaves at five or six. I sometimes do. Do you? Sometimes. Okay. I don't. <laughs> uh, but but then I you fall off the wagon. You start to leave at seven, mm-hmm. seven thirty, eight. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you recognize that? How do you get back on? How do you stop yourself from falling into the old patterns? That's a great question. <laughs> You're going to fall back into the old patterns. You're going to fall off the wagon. the The first thing to do is to forgive yourself and then to think about what is it you need to do differently. You know, I learned something back in my corporate um, world 
when I was trying to help my team deal with stress and get more done. And I read this book. It's called Winning Under Fire, Turning Stress into Success, the U.S. Army Way. And I was like, ooh, that sounds fascinating. Sounds intense, a, yeah. I'm a bit of a military geek. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what can business learn from the Army? There's a lot in there. But the, the this idea of an after-action review, um, what did you expect to happen? This question one. Mm-hmm. What actually happened? Question two. What was there a difference? And why was there a difference? And what can we do differently next time? So if you are saying, I want to leave by six o'clock. And you don't leave. So I want to leave by six. What time did I leave? Seven. I did that over and over again. Well, why was that? So then you can look. Now, this isn't about judgment of beating yourself up. It's about saying, okay, objectively, why was that? Did things come in from the outside that corrupted your schedule? Did you take on, did you not plan? Did you not have a morning, a weekly and daily planning routine that allowed you to put too much stuff on your calendar? What was it? But find what's wrong and then fix that thing. And recognize that if you have on five days a week that you try to get out at six o'clock and at the beginning, if you can do that one night a week, take that as a win. And then maybe you try for another two nights a week. But this is the continue. When I talk about mastery, it's not about actually achieving it. It's about striving for it because this is a continual never ending thing. And a lot of people, when when they give up, it's because, well, I tried it. And it didn't work after a few times, so I gave up. And so then I'll talk to him. Well, I tried it. I tried it a million ways. A million ways? A hundred things. I tried a hundred things. A <laughs> hundred things? So we go through. Well, I tried the one, I tried one thing over yeah, and over. No. I tried these two things, and actually, it was really one, and it didn't work. Yeah. But usually, when you have that problem in your day, it's at least in my experience, it's at the very end of the day, you're trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife always used to remind me, I'm also a student of this, that you know, they pay you to come back another day, or you've or you've kind of overcommitted, or that you're losing time during the day on tasks that don't require your skill. And these days you can be losing time, you're saving time because you're not driving to court and driving to meetings, but you lose a lot of time between uh, Zoom meetings or I don't know about you guys. I've, if I've been on a Zoom, on three or four Zoom meetings in a day, there's not a lot of mental bandwidth left. No, not at all. <laughs> Very good friend of mine uh, wrote a book called um, Brain Blocks. He's a, a psych- psychologist. And we were talking about this, how much can you expect to get done in a day? And he introduced me to this idea of cognitive load. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a business person. But the idea is how much truly heavy lifting mentally can we get done in a day? How much can we expect to get done? And so I said, Theo, is it six or seven hours? And he laughed at me. <laughs> Psychologist is laughing at me. I guess we're good friends, right? Oh, man. He's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if you can get four and a half or five hours of really heavy cognitive load a day, that's good. Oh, wow. So our whole perception about being able to be on 100% of the time and to be really focused doing difficult work for six or seven hours a day. I mean, yeah, you can probably do that at a sprint for maybe a couple of days, but that's not normal. And we as lawyers don't get that. We think we should be able to bill as many hours as we need. And then we wonder why our productivity goes down and it takes us longer to do things um, because you're not resting. Yeah. And it made me think it's really about, you know, people set these goals. They set these new year resolutions and they think within 
X amount of time, they're going to achieve it. But it's not about that. You're, you take baby steps. You take steps to achieve your goal. It doesn't just, you don't just get there all of a sudden because you changed your mindset or because you set a goal. And then, like you said, people become disgruntled. They're like, man, I tried a million times, a million things. I didn't reach my goal. No, take baby steps. You know, maybe set four goals to get to your one goal. Or it's like, find what works for you. Even, you know, like diets, for example, there could be people with with certain bodily makeups that require them to eat more carbs to lose weight because it gives them energy and other people that have to cut carbs completely in order to lose weight. It's not one size fits all for everybody, but set those achievable baby steps to get to your, your end goal, you know? Are, are you hinting for me to cut carbs? I mean, you looked right at me when you said that. <laughs> I mean, you got to find something that's working because <laughs> whatever you're doing okay. now, no, it ain't just work. Okay, it okay, ain't. let's break it up. Let's Brad's break it up. my favorite CIO. It's um, okay. So <laughs> that's, that's that's I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> so um, so you know, there's there's a lot of lot of stuff we're talking about. And yes, mindset's important, but there's also some core principles um, that people can start using. And yes, it is experimentation, and you mm-hmm. have to um, be consistent. Uh, over time and find the things that work for you. But when we see lawyers that are struggling, we see them, they can start doing less. We've taken on too much. We've taken on things that aren't consistent with our values. We continue to do things that no longer serve us. Volunteer boards are a great example of this. You know, when you've long since lost your energy for it, or you took took it because somebody thought it was a good idea and you've been doing it for a long time, maybe it's time to give somebody else a shot. So doing less and being strategic and choosing things that are consistent with your values. When we have people do these exercises and they go, what are you doing? Down one side of the paper. Great. What are your values? Down the other side of the paper. All right. Now connect them. That's where the the conversation gets difficult. Mm -hmm. So doing less, saying no, how to say no without being negative. And that's absolutely possible. I was in a, a meeting and there's somebody on a board who was an elder stateswoman on a board and she was, well, how do I say no? They need me. And I don't want to be offended if I leave. It is hard. Yeah, I get it. And because you're valued and you care about them. So what if, how would it feel if you went to them and said, I love this organization. I put a lot into it. I think uh, what I'd like to do is have, give somebody else an opportunity. I'm still going to be around, but let somebody else step in who's, who's got some new ideas. How would that feel? I asked her. I could do that. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes people just don't know what words to use to, to stop doing what's not serving them. This is the part that lawyers don't like. This last, this is the part that lawyers don't like. <laughs> you need a routine to plan. You need to have you know, your Sunday routine with some actual steps in it to plan out your week, to plan your blocks, to plan your white space, to Leave enough shock absorber in there for when the wheels come off because no plan survives first contact with the day. But you've got to have plans and routines so that when the wheels come off, you know how to put them back on. Um, And a lot of times when people have a problem, it's because they're so strict to their routine that the first thing that goes off the rails, um, they give up on the whole plan. And it's especially a problem now Well, the future is so unpredictable. You know, why should I bother to plan? It's not going to work anyway. Well, I would suggest that this is exactly the time to plan so that you can be ready for the kind of weirdness that's coming up. Yeah. And that the other the other part is what I talked about before, the after action review, 
and then surrounding yourself with people who will tell you the truth when you don't want to hear it. Got to have that uh, good partner, that good friend. Yeah. That tells you you need to lose weight. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. You implied it about yourself. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So you only need to do what you need to do. Exactly. You know, people get in trouble with time because they're comparing themselves to other people. Yeah. You're your own person. You have your own projects, your own, you know what I mean? And, you know, I could say, man, I'm I'm way more productive than Brad during the day, but he could be working on one major project that's going to bring in $4 million and you don't know that. You know what I mean? Or he could have something going on in his personal life and you don't know that, you know? So you compare yourself to you. And if you're meeting your goals and your expectations, that's really all that anybody can ask for. Right. It's the journey. It is. It's always making it a little bit better. Yeah, and it's learning throughout it, too. It's not the destination. It's the journey. There we go. That's life. It is. Yeah. So, Doug, I think, you know, these past two episodes we've had you on the show, everything that you've said has been super eye-opening and helpful, and it's real. You know what I mean? It's stuff that people don't always talk about. We talk about the business side, how to capture more time, build more dollars, Mm -hmm. bring in more clients, things like that. But everything that you've talked about is so important. So, you know, if our listeners wanted to learn more, what resources are out there? How do they get in touch with you? Well, there's lots of resources out there. We are at summitsuccess.com. That's Mm summit-success.com. Uh, and in the show notes, we'll have a, a link with my email address. Uh, I am happy to, if somebody has a specific question, we have something called a strategy call. And I'll provide a link for that in the show notes. And if somebody is wondering about how this might work for them, uh, I'm happy to uh, have a time to have a conversation with them about their situation, what they're trying to accomplish, and find maybe one thing that's in the way and give them one tip they can use to try to um, make their life better. I mean, we're, we lawyers, um, have a really important role in our society. I'm a big believer in this notion of people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it, which I got from Simon Sinek, <laughs> and, and uh, which who I, I think is fantastically brilliant. Uh-huh. Why I do this work is because I've been on this journey as a lawyer from a law firm associate to a CEO to find exact, to do exactly the work I was meant to do and help exactly the people I was meant to serve. And I work with lawyers because when lawyers can manage their time well and they can make money and give them, which the money just gives them the thing that they really want. Money is just a means to an end. And they're secure. Then they have time to be part of their community. They can be a part of their condo board or their kid's baseball team or the PTA. Lawyers engaged in the community is absolutely essential to our way of life. Because, you know, the, the misquoted thing from Shakespeare, the first thing we do is kill all the lawyers. That's only if you want, that's only if you want anarchy. So um, lawyers need, deserve to have the life they want to have. They deserve to be able to use their time effectively and to make the money and to, to be part of the community. And along the way, I get to help people one at a time go and make difference in their world. And I get to do that every day. So for me, it's, it's not... It's not work. I'm just privileged to be able to do this and be able to spend time with you guys. And it's rewarding. It's making a difference. Yeah, that's awesome. And not everybody can say that about their day-to-day. Not yet. No, (laughs) not yet. One day, hopefully. Doug, if you wanted, you know, our listeners to really leave with just one thing after today's episode, what would that be? 
We talked a lot about mindset, so I'm not going to have that be my one thing. Uh, <laughs> but that was your I'm, reminder I'm, that that's your second. But that was my <laughs> reminder about mindset. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer, so I can always get more than one thing. So, but, but one thing is, is to learn and stick with uh, effective planning routines so that you can stay in execution mode and, and get your stuff done. Have your stuff on your calendar and get your stuff done that's really important. Yeah. And a good planning routine will help you identify those things, will help you identify the blockers, will actually give you an opportunity to celebrate. There's a crazy idea, right? Celebrating. Right. What's that? So um, so one of the things I'll put in the show notes is a link to our, what I think is a pretty wicked cool planning tool. But having good planning discipline and sticking with it is probably the the number one practical thing outside of mindset that somebody can do. So I think really the one thing that I really took away from today's episode was experiment. You know, find what works for you, especially when you're setting goals and trying to figure out how the heck you're going to get to those goals. You know, take baby steps and learn that, you know, what works for me to achieve my goal is not what's going to work for Brad to achieve his goal because, you know, he works differently. He has different things on his plate. He has a different mindset. Um, But yeah, just don't get disgruntled once you set a goal and you don't meet it immediately and someone else does maybe you just went about it you know in a way that doesn't necessarily work for you so and, and I, I i can't help myself but share my wd-40 story now oh okay, okay. <laughs> so you you just teed it up so nicely i had no clue either yeah you, you know wd-40 is the is the um the lubricant yeah and i'm like where is this store, going right? yes <laughs> so do you know why it's called wd-40 no WD stands for water displacement formula 40. Mm. They were looking to create something that displaced water from electronics, I believe. And they called it WD 40 because WD 39 did not work. Good name. Look it up. (laughs) So it was the 40th attempt to create that product. That's crazy. So yes, experiment, fail, pick yourself up, do it again. Yeah. And then look at WD 40 now, you know? Huh. Post-its, post-its were an accident. Were they? Yeah, they were trying to make glue that did not release. Huh. I got a million of them, but we, we're out of time. So. <laughs> Keep them coming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd look those up. It's absolutely true. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you're full of fascinating stories. We'll have to pick I'm your brain I'm full of later. something. That's yeah. what I'm told. So. <laughs> All right, Doug. Thank you again for being with us again today. We absolutely loved having you and talking about time mastery and just being happier people and meeting your goals. I liked it. Thank you guys so much. It was great being here. Yeah. Thank you for your time. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor, and we'll talk to you next time. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.